Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Future Brew, Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on SB Nation's Maize and Brew. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today is my co-host, John Simmons. John, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Getting ready to get on the coaching carousel, uh, flip some dominoes for uh, the quarterbacks today. It's going to be a, a big show. Yes, yes, we do have quite the lineup here. Uh, the whole J.D. Johnson stuff happened last Wednesday. Obviously, we recorded before that all happened. So let's just get into that. J.D. Johnson, Michigan's lone quarterback commit in the 2020 class, announced last week that he had to retire from football due to uh, some unforeseen circumstances. He was born with a heart condition, and uh, he's not going to be able to play football anymore. Uh, it's just the best of his uh, interests health-wise. So luckily, he's going to be able to still come to Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh announced that he's going to retain his uh, scholarship offer to him and he's going to be with the program in some capacity, whether it be an assistant coaching kind of role. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to be doing, but it sounds like something along those lines. So it's good news for him that he's still be able, uh, that he's still able to come to the University of Michigan and still get his education and hopefully still leave with a degree. So that's, that's always good to hear this silver lining there. But Moving on to the 2020 class, though, Michigan's got to fill the void somehow. I know a lot of people in our comment section were saying, oh, they don't need a quarterback. They're fine. They've got Dylan McCaffrey and Joe Milton and Caden McNamara. But 
you never know when an injury is going to pop up. And with today's transfer portal, for me, you got to go get at least one quarterback this offseason, whether it's through the 2020 class or whether it's through the transfer portal. But let's talk first off, John, about the guys in the 2020 class that Michigan can still have a chance with. There are a few guys, one that they sent an offer out to last week, pretty much right after the J.D. Johnson announcement, and that's C.J. Strode. He's a four-star. He's from California, listed as a uh, pro-style quarterback, six foot two and a half, 194 pounds. He's ranked the uh, 137th overall prospect and the number four pro-style quarterback in the 2020 class. He's got offers from a bunch of different schools, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, a lot of West Coast schools, Utah, Washington State, UCLA, and uh, he's got a Michigan State offer as well. So it it seems like they're going to probably try and go a little hard after him, especially considering the five crystal ball predictions are all on Ohio State right now. And if you follow recruiting, Ohio State, as you would probably know, already has a quarterback committed to their 2020 class. So, John, I just want to ask you about him real quick. It, it seems like Michigan, I mean, they're pretty much extending the offer right after J.D. Johnson's announcement. So it seems like he's probably pretty close to the top, if not at the top of their board uh, at this very moment. Yeah, it's the quarterback, you know, cycle usually happens so early around February, March of the recruiting uh, year. So it's it's tough timing to can, can, you know, get in get in on um, big time quarterbacks this late into the season. Most of them are already committed. So Stroud is definitely the top uncommitted guy in the country, I think, right now, at least for pro style quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, Ohio State's been looking for either a second guy in their class or a guy to replace Jack Miller because he's been hurt and been dropping in the rankings a bunch. So they've been on him for a while, but now with this, uh, you know, development in Michigan's, they clearly had this list stashed away somewhere in, you know, in case of emergency and were ready to act as soon as uh, they heard the news from JD. So that's good that they got on it. I think he's, like you said, clearly the number one guy on their board. I think Harbaugh is planning to go out, to to see one of his games uh this week which you know obviously shows a big uh you know big interest that he's really making him a priority so it's you know a little bit of a late domino game here with the QBs um that you usually don't see in you know, early November um and going against Ohio State for a quarterback right now is going to be tough uh Stroud has the same quarterbacks coach or guru as uh, Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields did and so that relationship's helped uh, the Buckeyes a lot in the past. So it'll be tough to pull, but I think they can obviously pitch. Being the only QB in their class will be a big uh, big help for Michigan, I think, here. Yeah, especially considering, like you just said, that he would be the only quarterback in the class as opposed to being the second guy in Ohio State's class. I don't think any quarterback ever really wants to be the second guy in any class in and I know CJ's ranked higher than Jack Miller is, but he, you know, you still never want to be that second guy, especially if you're a quarterback. You know, if you take multiple running backs, multiple offensive linemen, no problem. But once you get that second quarterback in there, that's when uh, competition starts to heat up a little bit, and you would probably end up in today's day and age, unfortunately, seeing one of those guys transfer out. But yeah, very important that uh, Harbaugh would be going out to visit 
with CJ, see one of his games, obviously try and grow that relationship and, and just show him that Michigan is very interested in him, especially after everything that happened with JD. Um, you know, it, it's going to be vital for them to get one of these guys uh, in the 2020 class. And uh, let's just talk real quick about these two other guys and, and we can kind of uh, wrap all of this together. Now the two other quarterbacks that uh, could potentially be in line for a, a visit by Harbaugh or just uh, more interest. Jaden Delora, he's committed currently to Washington State. He's a three-star. He's uh, from Honolulu. He's uh, listed as six foot one, 190 pounds, pro-style quarterback. He also had an Ohio State offer. And uh, Jeff Sims, four-star quarterback. He's listed as a dual-threat guy, six foot three, 205 pounds. And uh, he's actually committed to Florida State, which we'll talk more about Florida State stuff later on. But um, with with everything going on with Florida State, you never know who's going to decommit at any given moment. So, uh, you know, Michigan's definitely going to have their chance with uh, with a few of these guys. But, um, you know, let me let me ask you real quick, and, and we'll kind of tie all this together. What what do you like about these two guys, if you've been able to see any tape on them and, and – uh, it seems like they're trying to go after any type of quarterback at this point, whether it's pro style, dual threat. The Michigan seems pretty open to taking any kind of guy as long as they can get somebody in there to, uh, you know, just have another body. In my opinion, it's, it looks like at least. Yeah, they're going to have to pull out the spatula to flip someone um, if they don't get Stroud with everyone being committed so far. Um, Delora is really interesting because. He's teammates with uh, current wide receiver commit Roman Wilson. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of his tape's easy. You can just see him throwing it up to the super fast guy burning everybody downfield. But, um, you know, he's committed to Washington State. Any QB that Mike Leach likes, um, you know, it's a, it's like Wisconsin with running backs. It's a good indicator that he's got some talent. Um, and it's also uh, really interesting that Ohio State recently offered him as well. Um, I don't know if that means they don't feel as confident with Stroud as they did before, or they're just trying to expand their net a little bit like Michigan is right now and have uh, backup options available. So uh, I, I definitely mean he, Delora definitely seems like a guy who's going to be a late riser, get a bunch of attention um, later on that uh, could, could bode well for Michigan, um, you, you know, with the Roman Wilson connection. I don't know how I, Michigan had help with Wilson because he had, family um in the state yeah i don't know what delora's uh, situation is it'll probably be a little bit tougher um but if he's uh willing to go to a place like ohio state he can go to uh michigan as well so i think he's probably next on the list um and then like you said jeff sims the florida state commit yeah he's a dual guy from florida um i don't i haven't watched too much about him but yeah dual threat so maybe trying to mix it up and he doesn't have an offer from Michigan yet. Um, they weren't really shown showing interest before that, but he uh, committed early in February after uh, Johnson had already committed. So that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think it's just kind of, like you said, making uh, getting a body in the quarterback room in case of emergency, it's just kind of about bridging the gap because they already have JJ McCarthy committed in 2021. Um, so it's just, you know, with the transfer portal, if Milton or McCaffrey uh, transfers after losing the quarterback battle next season, it's just good to have someone in the room that can, uh, you know, be around 
to uh, have if something extreme happens with whoever wins the quarterback battle. Well, that's the thing too, John, is is with transfers and everything, injuries, it's so unpredictable in today's day and age that you got to have a quarterback in every single class, whether it be one of these guys that ends up committing and right from high school, or you just bring a guy in from, from transfers from a a different program. You got to get a body in there. You got to get somebody because quarterback, let's be real. And it's a cliche, but it's true. Quarterback's the most important position in all of sports, in my opinion. And you can never have too many good quarterbacks, just like you can have never have too many good offensive linemen. And uh, Michigan's been able to get a bunch of good offensive linemen and a bunch of good quarterbacks. And you don't want to just stop that in one class. You just never know what happens with with injuries and transfers. And and let's just say McCaffrey wins the battle next year and Milton's like, screw this, I'm done. I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually start. You know, then you're left with a huge, huge problem, kind of like what Ohio State has. Ohio State right now is a very good team, obviously. They're undefeated and they're looking like they could be one of the top four teams in football. but the quarterback depth that they have is by far the weakest part of their team. If Justin Fields goes down, they're done. I, th- their entire season could be over at that point. You, you got to have guys ready to to have their name called at any moment in time. And uh, it's going to be really important for Michigan to get a guy in 2020, like we've been talking about with one of these three guys, or just to go through the transfer portal do it like they've done in the past with John O'Corn and with Shea Patterson and just take a guy just to, uh, just to have the body. But um, I don't know how you feel about that, John, probably similarly to me, because it kind of at the end there sounded like, you know, you were kind of on board with that too, but let let me hear your thoughts about that real quick. Yeah. I think that they, uh, I agree that they should just take someone to have someone. And if it's through the transfer portal, so be it, um, you know, there's already guys that are QBs from this year that are uh, entered it, like the Joey Gatewood, the Auburn guy. I don't think they're going to get uh, someone who's uh, of that caliber because they, they're going to want a promise to be able to start. Um, I think Michigan's already got two good QBs that could start uh, next year. I think it's going to be more of a depth guy, kind of like uh, how Ohio State landed Gunnar Hoke from Kentucky. Um, or was it West Virginia this uh, off season? He's more of you know someone just to fill in behind fields. Yep. So it's they're not going to be one of these top tier guys. Whoever pops up after the season, there's going to be a bunch. But if it's someone you know who's looking just to get into a different situation, get a uh, degree, whether it be a graduate degree or regular, um, I think that's who they're going to try to go for. Um, but yeah, one every year should be the bare minimum um, in every class. Well, yeah, exactly. At least one. And uh, they actually tried to take two in the 2019 cycle, but that obviously didn't work out. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to get somebody. Um, it's the bottom line. They, they can't go without a quarterback in one class. It could, it could set them up uh, for failure. It could really, uh, really mess up some things here. If, uh, if one of those quarterbacks ends up transferring next year after losing out, uh, the quarterback battle for the starting job next year. But let me just ask you real quick, John, and we can tie this all together now. Let What do you think ends up happening here? Because it, it seems like, at the very least, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, they're, they're going to try their damnedest to try and get C.J. Stroud to commit. He's the top uh, uncommitted guy 
left in the 2020 class, kind of like what you had talked about earlier with how it is very late in the cycle for a quarterback to commit. You don't see this very often. A lot of guys in the 2021 class are already committed, and Michigan fans have seen that firsthand with J.J. McCarthy committing so early. But it, it, in my opinion, it looks like Jim Harbaugh is ready to put all of his eggs in the same basket for C.J. Stroud. And, you know, they're going to have a battle on their hands for sure because this could end up taking all the way up until the February signing period. But what do you think ultimately ends up happening, John? Do you think that they're going to end up getting a commitment from Stroud, a commitment from one of these other guys, or do you think they go back to the transfer portal? Or do you think that they just leave it be, they don't end up taking a quarterback at all? Um, I think I think it's too tough to go up against Ohio State for a quarterback uh, right now, given the success you know that their offense has. I think they're going to get Stroud. Um, I think Delora is the most likely candidate um, of a twenty twenty prospect that they uh, end up landing. But I think the most likely is that they get some random transfer from a school across the country that we do, that's not in the portal right now um, to fill depth. Because um, I think it'll be hard to get Delora from the all the way out in Hawaii, um, it, onto the into the Midwest. Uh, so I think I think it'll be a, a transfer of some sort that uh, we don't really know the name right now. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards too, and and I was actually thinking Delora would be probably the most likely of the 2020 guys as well, just because of that connection with Roman Wilson and. They're gonna. Michigan's gonna need some help from Roman Wilson if they want to try and flip him to go to Michigan because it's. I mean, it's so far away from home. It's you know Washington State is closer to Hawaii than Michigan. Clearly, I mean, there's a very wide distance gap. So, Jim Harbaugh, they're gonna need some help from Roman Wilson if they want to flip him. Um, yeah, ultimately, unfortunately, I think Stroud would probably commit to Ohio State. Uh, whether it be in the early signing period or in February, it's, it, it seems likely that he'd probably take it up until February. He's already waited this long, and he's starting to roll in with more offers as well. But yeah, and if they they get Stroud, I think Jack Miller could be on the table. They could try and flip him. Um, I know he's you know I said earlier he's been dropping in the rankings, but he did outduel uh, JD Johnson in a recent game when their yeah, that's right. teams faced off in the Arizona schedule. So. He could be a guy that, and he's been hurt, so you won't have to step in right away. Um, but uh, they could see if you know this injury is what's impacting his play, and uh, it'd still be a four-star guy to add. So that that's another possibility. It's very true. I, it seems like at this point, they're pretty Michigan's pretty open to anything, whether it be a, an uncommitted guy, a committed guy. They would probably go after a transfer like they've done in the past under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they've got they've they've got some options. They've got and fortunately they've got some time to sort all of this out. It it, it could have been worse. I'll say that. Like J.D. Johnson, he gets on campus when he's already committed, and then they f- figure out all oh, this heart condition. It's going to be too much. You can't play, and then they're really screwed. So it it, it could have been a lot worse, but. They've got some options on the table. They've got some time to sort it all out. And with the bye week this week, it seems like Harbaugh and the boys are going to be recruiting and pretty much recruiting all week, uh, it sounds like, other than practicing and things along those lines. But it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, John. Um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty interested in how in, in seeing how, uh, you know, 
Stroud ends his recruitment, seeing if they're able to flip one of these guys or if they just go right to the transfer market and see if there's a a quarterback willing to uh, come to Michigan for one season just for depth purposes. Um, It'll it'll be really interesting. So we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, for now, we're going to take a quick, short break, and uh, we will be right back and talk about if Michigan can flip any of these guys from Florida State and uh, some recent offers sent out. So stick around. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. And we are back. We're going to end our podcast today talking about, unfortunately, Florida State uh, had a coaching change here. They fired Willie Taggart after losing to Miami over the weekend. And they've already got a decommitment. In their class, they're, they're one of their top-rated guys, Jalen Knighton, running back. He decommitted. But the other running back in that class, Lawrence Toa Philly, uh, he's a four-star guy. He's from Florida. He was a target, a longtime target of Michigan before he committed to Florida State back in August. And it seems like they're actually still kind of recruiting him a little bit. Haven't heard a whole lot on him since uh, he committed, but it sounded like they were still going after him even after he committed especially given the fact that it, it, it appears that Michigan would be willing to take another running back in their 2020 class. And he's one of the top rated guys that they were going after up until he committed. But uh, John, what do you think the likelihood is that uh, he decommits first of all, and then Michigan would have a chance of uh, landing him? What do you think the odds are of all that happening? Well, going when, uh, before Toffoli was committed, uh, it was said that Michigan's coaches uh, figured that a commitment to Florida State was going to happen soon, but they that wasn't going to deter them uh, from continuing to uh, go after him, which says to me that they always thought that a decommitment was uh, either pretty likely or something like this would happen with Taggart. So they had pretty good foresight there. Um, and so I'd say the odds of him decommitting are pretty high. Um, I would say that they're less uh, not as good as I would have said before Knighton decommitted just because, you know, it's easier to stay in the class when there's not a, you know, higher ranked uh, guy at the same position than you. Um, but so if uh, Toa Philly had decommitted first before Knighton, I would have felt uh, better about it. But I still think that uh, the coaches uh, who are close to the situation knew that um, Toa Philly wouldn't be in a hundred percent lock um, when he was, when he originally committed. So I'd say there's a good shot that he can, um, he'll eventually uh, open his, his recruitment back up 
And once if he does that, I think Michigan will be ready to jump on that. I know they're they're trying to get him up for the Michigan State or Ohio State game. So if that happens, then I definitely say that uh, decommitments. Yeah, and he play. would he would fill in pretty nicely in Michigan's twenty twenty class right next to Blake Corum, with Blake Corum obviously being the smaller, shiftier back. Toa Philly's more of the 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 bruising uh, between the tackles guys. He's listed at six feet, hundred eighty pounds. So he would be a uh, solid thunder complement to Corum's lightning. But let's talk about some of these other guys on Florida State, too, that have Michigan offers. And, uh, and, and, and there are a few guys here. And let's just start off, John, with uh, defensive tackle Emmanuel Rogers. Let's talk about him real quick. What do you like about him? Yeah. So when I was going down the list just to see, um, you know, obviously I looked first at uh, positions of need in Michigan's class and uh, defensive tackle. It's always one of was them, definitely according one of to the Michigan first fans. Ones. Um, they've got a yeah. Um, so they've got a you know Manny Rogers here. He's from Florida. He's a high three star guy, um, ranked as a four star by twenty four seven. He has a Michigan offer, which uh, not a lot of the the top guys on uh, in Florida State's class have uh, Michigan offers, but a lot of these lower low four-star, high three-star guys do. Um, so I think, I don't know how, he didn't. his name didn't really come up that much during this cycle. I don't know how serious uh, Michigan's interest is in here, but going from just a purely like need standpoint, I'd say Rogers is an uh, interesting guy. He's listed as a defensive tackle in the rankings when offensive tackle, like in his 24-7 profile. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. where they want him. He is 6'6", um, which is, pretty big for a defensive tackle so maybe Florida State wanted him on the offensive line but clearly he also plays on defense so um that could and, definitely be and, and it's kind of interesting sure. before we go into um, some of these other guys uh because he he's been committed since July and uh it looks like he along with some of his other uh committed friends actually visited uh, for the game last weekend when they lost and and then ultimately Taggart got fired but um yeah, just uh, interesting that all of these guys, I mean, Jeff Sims, we talked about earlier, Knighton, Toa Philly. I mean, a ton of these guys were on campus last weekend, and then they ended up losing, and their coach ended up getting fired. So I feel like anything's possible at this point if all these guys went to that game, and then, you know, ultimately all of that happened. And it's just uh, just kind of an unfortunate situation for them. But, yeah, please uh, please continue. I, I, I think that would be yeah. – if Michigan were to get another D tackle in the class, I, I or offensive tackle or or whatever the case may be, any of the any of the linemen, um, I think they'd be pretty happy with that. But yeah, and so the next position I kind of looked at was cornerback, um, given that that's another need. And Florida State's always been really good getting defensive backs. Um, there, Michigan was in on Akeem Dent for a while who was a five-star but dropped into the lower half of the top 50, um, but ended up uh, still committing to Florida State like everyone expected. But this year, their their top guy is Demory Tate, cornerback, who's top 50. Um, he doesn't have a Michigan offer, so I, I don't think he's really in the running. Um, plus, I th- I'd say a lot of other schools are going to be going after him hard. That'll be a tough one to win. But one of the other guys besides Jalen Knighton, who did decommit, Yesterday was Isaiah Dunson, uh, a four-star cornerback from Georgia. He doesn't have a Michigan offer either, but he is uh, 
he's from Georgia, which, you know, Michigan's had plenty of success with. He doesn't have a crazy offer list that's going to be tough to go against. And he's 6'2", 175, which kind of fits that longer, lanky guy uh, that uh, Michigan went after for a while and could be a good compliment to a guy like Andre Seldon, who's probably 5'9". Um, so it could be uh, an interesting guy to watch out for. Um, this is all speculation. Like I said, um, he could, I don't know how interested Michigan is on, on him, but I think he would be an interesting candidate to go after for sure. Um, other positions with guys with Michigan offer offers, uh, they've already kind of filled up at. You had Ja'Kai Douglas, the four-star wide receiver, um, but he's 5'9", 187, so clearly a slot um, that Michigan already has A.J. Henning and even Dennison, so I'm not sure they'll go after him. And Steven Dix, the four-star linebacker that I think Michigan uh, was pretty interested in for a while. Um, I think there are talks of a visit, but it never ended up happening. But outside linebacker is also a, a big spot where um, we, they've got five commits um, in across the, the linebacker spectrum that Michigan plays. Um, he's 6'2", 210, so it's kind of more of like a traditional uh, outside linebacker guy, not like a rush package Uche type. So I'm not sure that there'll be space for him. So really I'd say it's it's obviously Toa Philly. That's the number one guy for sure. Um, Jeff Sims, the quarterback, we talked about in the first segment. He'd probably mm-hmm. be the next guy that I'd look out for an offer um, from. And then Rogers, the defensive tackle, and Dunson, the decommit, who's a cornerback, would be my top my top group of guys that I think if anything were to yeah, happen. Yeah, they could uh, definitely go guys. for uh, another cornerback in their class if they so ch- chose to uh, go that route because – Selden, Selden's going to play primarily slot cornerback. He, he's not going to be an outside guy at all. Not saying that he couldn't be an outside guy, but I, I think with, with with what Don Brown's going to want to do with him, I think he's going to line him up more in the slot more than not. But yeah, with uh, with all these other safeties that they got, they could use another cornerback for sure. They've got Paige already committed, RJ Moten committed, uh, Jordan Morant being the other guy. And uh, William Mohan is probably going to play somewhere in that area as well. And Iman Dennis, honestly, could be a defensive back of some sort, whether it be corner or safety. He made a really nice one-handed interception over this past weekend, uh, you know, showing off his athleticism in the defensive backfield. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go. Um, But, yeah, they could definitely use a, a defensive tackle as well. And you would imagine that some of these guys that they got committed already would probably slide inside, whether it be Chris Jenkins, the three-star from Maryland, or uh, Aaron Lewis, three-star from New Jersey. One of those guys will probably slide inside and uh, end up growing into uh, a a defensive tackle, kind of like what Carlo Kemp did, kind of adjusting his body to the college game and then sliding him inside eventually. It'll probably take some time, probably a good two years or so, but uh, Michigan could definitely take another one of those bigger uh naturally talented defensive tackles so yeah no it'll yeah i just want to i just want to talk about too like why the florida state class is like we're giving so much attention to it um because i don't think we would be covering this much if it was another school that lost their head coach but given the relationship that willie taggart has with jim harbaugh uh, Harbaugh was the best man at Taggart's wedding. They coached together at Western Kentucky under John Harbaugh. Um, so it's been there's been a lot of thoughts um, amongst Michigan fans that 
that Harbaugh could hire Taggart as an analyst or an assistant coach um, as soon as possible this offseason and having those relationships with these, you know, guys um, in the Florida State class will be a big help um, if they were if they were to hire Taggart and go after these guys. So I think that it's it's a little more likely that these guys at Florida State were, were would be to consider Michigan than if it was another school like even Florida, mm-hmm. uh, the Gators or something like that. So it's just like this this whole situation kind of works out a little more nicely for Michigan to go in. And Definitely, kind of the class no. Michigan's going to have their shot school. with a few of these guys. And uh, the relationship Harbaugh and Taggart has, it's definitely interesting. Uh, You could definitely see Harbaugh at least getting Taggart, you know, together for whether it be lunch or whatever, just talking about, hey, maybe we can uh, get back together, get get the band back together. And, you know, whether it be with an assistant coaching position or an analyst position, it's definitely not off the table, in my opinion. So, it would be uh, certainly interesting to see how all that plays out. Willie Taggart's a good coach. He he won't be uh, he won't be on the block for very long, so it's just a matter of time for him. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him at Florida State because initially people thought that was a, a great hire, hiring him away from Oregon, where he only coached for I think one season. Um, so no, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. But real quick, John, I want to end podcast today just talking about a few of these guys that Michigan uh, had sent offers to over the past week uh, since we last recorded here Uh, all in the 2021 class uh, so they're setting themselves up uh, pretty nicely here to start the recruiting for the 2021 class they've got two commits already but Keith Brown is the bigger one that they sent an offer to a four-star linebacker he's uh, over in Oregon He's listed at six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds. He's got offers from pretty much every Pac twelve school you could think of, and then he's got the Michigan offer, um, and and he's got some other offers in there as well. One from Tennessee, uh, so on and so forth. So, it, pretty talented kid from what I've seen. Um, I, I got to talk with him a little bit um, and, and talk with him about getting that offer, and and he was shocked uh, that he got the offer. He he got the offer from. Uh, Sean Nua, who, which Sean Nua is, uh, you know, re- notorious for recruiting the West Coast uh, for Michigan. Uh, it, was, it was actually Keith's first time talking with uh, Sean Nua, and uh, he, he ended up getting the offer. So he had no idea really who he was or why they were, you know, even having a conversation about it. But he's interested now. He's looking to visit at some point, and uh it seems pretty open in his recruitment as well. It's, it's very early, but high-ranked kid. He's he's 129 overall, number three inside linebacker, and the uh, top overall prospect in the state of Oregon. So, yeah, Michigan just uh, sent out the offer to him, and and uh, you know they'll probably need uh, a big thumper linebacker in their uh, 2021 class. So, why not offer one of the top kids on the West Coast? Yeah, we'll see uh, how it goes. Sean New is a good connection to have for the West Coast. Um, he's got some Oregon crystal balls, so he may be likely to stay more in-state, but uh, New will be a good guy to recruit him and try to get him uh, out on campus. And once yep. he does, Another once he one visits, here, tight end, Thomas Fidone. He's listed at 6'5", 215. He's from the state of Iowa, so... He's already got one Iowa crystal ball. He's uh, 
not ranked yet on the composite, but 24-7 has him ranked as uh, the number 313 prospect in the 2021 class. So pretty high three-star there, number nine overall tight end, number three player in the state of Iowa. So he's got that Iowa offer. He's got the Minnesota offer. He's got one from Nebraska, Northwestern, and he's got one from LSU as well. So uh, he's starting to get uh, quite the offer list here, the Big Ten, and then the one powerhouse in the SEC. If there's one thing that Michigan's been good at recently, it's been developing and recruiting low-end or low-star tight ends, and uh, they've they've done it with Sean McCune. They're doing it right now with Luke Schoonmaker. So get another guy like this, and you know, hey, this guy's the limit for him if he uh, ends up at Michigan. Yeah, it's interesting too. He has two undecided crystal balls from uh, Iowa insiders uh, that at the end of September, which tells me that he was uh, kind of seen as a lock to Iowa, but then something changed and opened him up again. So I'm not sure which school that uh, it was. I see like Nebraska. It happened right after a Nebraska visit, mm-hmm. so maybe they're the ones that uh, have been changing his mind a little bit. But I think it's uh, there's a good shot because usually a guy – like this, especially tight end from Iowa. Um, why wouldn't you go to Iowa um, be a Hawkeye given their success at the position? So, um, but something is keeping him open. So it's a good uh, chance for Michigan to swoop in here and uh, see what they have here. Try to land a good guy that would probably end up being. Yeah, sort of I mean Iowa's tight end university, Iowa pretty much. There. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what all happens there. But last two guys here, both safeties. Uh, one of them, Jalen Johnson. He's six foot one. He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's a uh, three-star safety, number 407 overall. He's got two crystal balls to Ohio State. He's already got the Ohio State offer, Penn State as well. And then the other guy here is Hunter Wohler. He's a four-star guy, 6'1", 180. He's from Wisconsin, and he's got three crystal balls to Wisconsin. And uh, he's got other offers from Iowa, Iowa State, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan State. He's got Ohio State offers as well. So couple guys here that it seems like the interest level is starting to peak for these two guys at the safety position. And honestly, I'm surprised to see Michigan already going after safeties in the 2021 class, considering how many guys they got in the 2020 class. But they seem to be uh, interested in these two guys and and uh, a couple guys that they're going after some uh, conference rival uh, crystal ball uh, front runners here. Yeah, that's a good point about the safeties. It's going to be a little tough to recruit that position um, given how well they've uh, done in the last two classes, getting a bunch of blue chip guys. Um, but Wohler from Wisconsin, I think this is just anecdotal, but I think Wisconsin's becoming a little more scouted. Guys are, have finally caught on that Wisconsin isn't these guys. The guys that Wisconsin uh, builds their classes on aren't all low three-star guys. They're, they actually have good talent, so maybe they should devote some more recruiting attention to them because mm-hmm. I think they've they've had more and more four-star guys pop up in state. So maybe before this guy would have just been like a generic three-star, but now you know he's getting noticed more, getting all these offers, and they bump him up to a four-star. Um, but it'll still be tough to get him from Wisconsin. Um especially with other schools like Notre Dame and Ohio State pursuing him. Uh, Jalen Johnson, he has a bunch of, a couple crystal balls to Ohio State already, which is interesting because he's, you know, kind of a low mid three-star guy. Um, usually 
they'll wait on guys like this um, until late in the cycle, but at least that's how they did it under Urban Meyer. Ryan Day may be different. I think he has shown that he's more willing to take these lower-ranked guys earlier on, like with uh, all the offensive linemen from Ohio they have this class. Um, so, you know, he could um, end up committing to Ohio State at some point, but uh, we'll have to see about that. He is from Cincinnati, which is uh, the toughest spot for the Buckeyes to recruit mm-hmm. from. From um, He has an offer from Penn State, Kentucky. Um, yeah, the know, two Michigan, crystal balls like coincidentally said, so we'll came on the same day that he landed the Ohio State offer. So I think that's more so just a prediction of saying, oh, hey, look, it's a three-star guy from the state of Ohio who has an Ohio State offer. He has to go to Ohio State. So I think uh, I think those crystal balls, I don't know, maybe at some point they'll be outdated. Maybe at some point he'll start getting more offers and go visiting other places and, and his interest level will grow in some of these other schools. But it's always tough to pull a kid from Ohio away from Ohio State, especially when you're not a tip-top prospect like Jalen Johnson, obviously just a, a mid-three-star guy. Um, you know, probably – could get passed up by some of these other schools. And if Ohio State really wants them, then they'll probably take them. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, those are those are the uh, the guys that they've recently offered here. And uh, that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn mm-hmm. underscore Lozon. John, where can they find you at? Follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe. Leave a review for all of our podcasts here. You can search Mason Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We will deliver it to you. So come back tomorrow out of the blue. We'll be back with another episode. Andrew and uh, the boys, they will go into by week and probably preview a little bit of Michigan State week. Uh, it, it is rivalry week. It, it's in my opinion, this is a hate week for two weeks, John. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I'm excited for for Michigan, Michigan State to come back. But um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But for John, I am Vaughn. We will talk to you guys next week. More Michigan recruiting and go blue.